Hi and welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil, episode four. I'm Liam, and the first time I watched that Nightmare on Elm Street, I literally pissed the bed. I'm Scott, and when I go out to bars, I like to take pictures of the toilet roll holders and send them to my pal by text message. <laughs> really? <laughs> send them to Bobby, <laughs> just to show them what I like. That's so strange. Uh, One time, a girl grabbed my balls too hard and my spooge came out red. Liam, do you remember the time that we were in a band and we found this old creepy book that had pentagrams and goat's heads and everything drawn in it and there was some chords and we played those chords and we summoned forth demons from hell and turned all our neighbours and friends into zombies and we had to go on a killing spree and kill everybody and get the pages back to play the chords backwards so that we could close the port of hell and save the world? No. Oh, that must be the plot of the movie Deathgasm. Way! That was a proper intro. <laughs> Uh, Deathgasm, let's see, what have we got? Uh, proper intro and I can't even find my notes. Good Deathgasm came out in 2015 and was directed by Jason Lee Howden. It was his directorial debut and it's bloody brilliant. My, what a debut. It stars uh, Milo Cawthorn, James Blake, who looks exactly like Heath Ledger. So that's who I'll be calling him from, from there on. Every podcast, the <laughs> every podcast we talk about how people look like dead <laughs> actors. <laughs> And it also stars uh, Kimberly Crossman. And I believe uh, Milo Cawthorn and Kimberly Crossman are both in Power Rangers. Is this correct? They are. Milo is the Green Shark Ranger in Power Rangers RPM. And the lassie, Kimberly, <laughs> is the Red Samurai Ranger in Power Rangers Samurai. Shark Rangers and Samurai? How many fucking Power Rangers is there? I know. To me, there is just the original Power Rangers. <laughs> Jason. Jason. Rather than about dressed as Jason for a full, a full year of my life. <laughs> Probably the happiest year of my life. We used to play, we used to play uh, Power Rangers and there would be like six or seven years and we'd just invent other Rangers like the uh, the Orange Ranger and the and the Purple Ranger and make my brother go to the putties all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just batter my brother up every just night. Just as the putties. Just him. He was one putty. <laughs> um, right, so this movie. Uh, so we gave you a wee bit of synopsis there and basically that's what it is. It's uh, a couple of metalheads start a band, find an old creepy book play the chords from the book and that's what summons forth uh, the blind one hell. the blind, the blind one, one yeah it's come to take over an the world. ancient evil entity says IMDB and it turns uh, all the uh, the neighbours and friends and everything into kind of zombies and, and they just go through this brutal you know war to end it it's brilliant it's brilliant the pattern it's so good it's it's, uh, it's a New Zealand movie so they've got that sweet accent where everything just sounds so deadpan and it's just so matter of fact I think it gives an art taste of your Kiwi accent, Scott. <laughs> my accent, my accent, my accent's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. It's uh... basically it starts off. This guy has to go and live with his uncle, um, because his mum's a crackhead who sucks off guys in shopping malls. Is that right? Did I'm... I think it Something is. Yeah. Uh, but what I don't get is what's. It's probably not a question that needs to be asked because it's just creating the idea where this boy has to move into with his uncle. It's an unknown territory, and everybody, everything's new to him, new school, and everything else. But who's who is his? Mum's brother or sister is it the uncle Albert is it the aunt because this family is could not be further away from his mum and his you know what I mean like if they're uh, supposed to be siblings how like, does one become a crackhead and one becomes real devout the real devout Christians probably maybe secretly crackheads but, uh, but, uh, yeah, secretly addicted to sex as we find out later in the movie <laughs> that's right yeah so did I creepy things uh, so then he has to go and live with his cousin who's like a I guess the Kiwi version of wait do they like to, New Zealand likes to be called Kiwis, is that like racist to them? I don't think so. It's like the New Zealand version of uh, jocks, you know, like American jocks, and uh, he just like 
bullies him and that, didn't he? And then, like, there's one scene where he's, uh, when, he's, when he meets his friend and they're bullying him and they're shoving uh, Dungeons and Dragons dice up his nose and our lead character comes in and kind of helps the day. Uh, and he turns around and says, uh, oh yeah, just go, uh, what does it says, go and suck off security guards like a psycho mum. Ah, mum's a psycho. <laughs> Point the back. It's just so, uh, it made me laugh. Uh, what, what I want to note down oh, here is, uh, <laughs> right, I don't want to turn into a, a, a Mr. Skin or a Flesh of the Stars type podcast, but uh, at four minutes and 35 seconds in, we get boobs. And I'm only mentioning this because it's eye boobs and they're just like the coolest thing. But he's, you know, when he's, he's rocking away in his, uh, his daydream and he's giving the head goes and he's, he's looks so like dead funny and he just looks down at the girl who's like worshipping his feet and he's, he shoots lasers for his eyes that pop open her shirt. And he looks so pleased with himself. <laughs> anyway. So, and then, uh, so he meets these two these two friends uh, who, he's, who he kind of rescues from his cousin beating up and then they play Dungeons and Dragons and then, uh, then he finds a record store and meets the Heath Ledger character um, mm-hmm. who is like just... You know, so cool and badass, and he just seems he's to know what he's talking about. So he yeah. is like he's all into the metal and showing the way, like showing the records, and that's where they decide to start a band. And then that's when they're in, uh, and they come into the. And this is one of my favourite scenes in the whole movie when they're trying to figure out what uh, what their name should be, and they're all kind of come up with these ridiculous names. Like they've recruited the two geeky boys in the band as well. Ah, yeah, from the Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, so there's four of them in the band, and they're trying to make up the names, and they're like these, like why don't we just have it thirteen S's? So the band's just like. And then uh, Heath Ledger's like, Deathgasm. All spelt in capitals. Low case for pussies. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, that was the best accent, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I've been practising. Uh, that's just, I, that's the best line. It's just so straightforward. And then the boys like, act him, what about, no. And that was shite, that accent there. But uh, he just he says, I'm not. And so he kind of just shows that he's in control. But what I did notice in that scene is he breaks the fourth wall, which is something that like, you think, but I don't know why he did that. If it was just, you know how like, where it turns the camera turns back to uh, the Power Ranger and he says he goes to suggest another name and Heath Ledger says no and he, his hand grabs the camera and pulls it back round and says I said the name was Deathgasm. Do you notice that? No, actually. So he, so he acknowledges that like the it's f- a movie. Well, that comes out yeah, but it's the only one time it does it. It never does it again. Maybe it was just improv. But Heath Ledger just went off his tits and just <laughs> grabbed that camera. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the names of the bands that they, the other names. Oh, I know, it's so ridiculous. It's like, I remember, the only one I've written down was when they make, was like the next scene when they make their uh, music video and their music video is, uh, the song name is called Intestinal Bungee Jump and it's uh, out on Crowbar Abortion Records. Which I would listen to. <laughs> I know you would. The video is so good. <laughs> they're playing, they're all corpse paint, all black metal, playing in the forest and... The geeky, well, the geeky drummer is dressed as Peter Chris, <laughs> Chris dressed as a cat and nobody wants to be dressed as a cat and another little guy starts simulating a hand job on a tree and they all kind of walk away <laughs> oh, why are you not watching it right now <laughs> I know it should definitely be on the background oh because you took it back and never gave me a it again oh yeah I need to buy it that's another one that I'm going to buy and buy. take own everyone um, should buy it just before we even review this just go buy it it's worth it. When I when I seen this movie because um when uh, when when I think it was Perry when Perry oh, showed yeah, it, like, shared Perry. it on you to your or your Facebook wall and I'd seen it come up and I just I seen it the name it and I just thought that's too ridiculous to be a real movie and I thought it was going to be rubbish but it's properly well made and it's um and 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 the side part for that as well I was uh, shared a picture on your wall and tagged you in it. Uh, his relationship goes you know the picture. There's a scene coming up after the film the music video where the uh, the lead the leading lady in the movie uh, meets him and he always uh, cops paint and they go for ice cream so they're sitting on a park bench and mm-hmm. she's sitting like in the summer dress and the blonde hair and he's sitting all in the 
the, his outfit and sitting <laughs> eating ice creams. And there was a screenshot of that picture that I found, uh, not realising it was from the movie, and I was going to uh, tag you in it. I uh, you did tag me I tagged you in it as a relationships goals for you and Lena, and because that's exactly what you want. That's, in exactly, life. <laughs> that's exactly how I dress. <laughs> and it turned out that uh, that was in the movie, and I was like, oh, sweet, because I like this movie. Everything comes full circle. It does, eh? Yeah. It's done very much, obviously, Peter Jackson uh, was from New Zealand, or is from New Zealand. Yes. And Brain Dead. And bad, bad taste. taste. So he started out with bonkers movies, didn't he? And then went on to and do. And this is just such a nod to both of the films. It's outrageous. It doesn't even matter if it actually has a story. It's just let's get as much gore and just go mental. Go after it's, tits with it. Aye, once it starts, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. Um, but but even like even up until the before the the gore of it starts, it still is a pretty solid movie. I think like the the part is brilliant. The the dialogues is good. Oh, the yes. characters are likable. And probably but believable, I don't for what I can remember what it was like in high school. But my high school was small, I only had like seven hundred people in it. So did I. But I was probably the most metal head. <laughs> I was probably the most <laughs> metal in my school, I know, which doesn't say much because I'm no metal in this life. Hey, now I get this I'm halfway down my, my first page of notes here and that's when I start to have question, bigger questions. You know how when he after the, the scene in the park when he's like saying, Do you listen to metal? and she's like, No, it's just no and it's no my taste it's uh, it just sounds like hundreds of folks screaming mm-hmm. and he's like no it's not like that and then he has a joke saying well actually and then he lists like so many subgenres that are like that Yeah. but he gives her a disc away to, um, to go and listen to and then she's walking down the street and she thinks oh I'll, I'll put that in when is this movie set who the fuck's got a discman in this day and age who's got a portable CD player that she keeps in her bag not to mention how shite that is walking about you can't walk with a portable CD player in your bag because they just skip what if it's one of those ones that's got anti-skip? It's not got anti-skip because it, it, it... Does it tell you that in the movie, Scott? Does it tell me anything? It doesn't tell, it doesn't tell me why she's got a fucking discman. <laughs> it looks as if it's at least 2005. When was this movie at? Uh, 2015. It's at least 2010 then, at least, because it doesn't tell you if it's any in the past. No, I don't think so. But they can't really... They can't show an iPod of that. Because they're endorsing Apple. I guess Maybe it's, know I, do that. I guess it's probably the easiest way to say here take this music and listen to it rather than say oh when you go home you should download this music and put it on your your, your MP3 player and then go listen to it. But retro stuff's coming back. I'd listen to a Walkman if I had one. Hmm. I broke mine. I wouldn't listen to my Walkman. I think I was listening to Scooter <laughs> and broke it. <laughs> you were listening to Scooter in your discman. You certainly were not the most metal in your high school. <laughs> I listened to a lot of things. Scooter being one of them. In fact, it wasn't even Scooter. It was Oxide and Neutrino. <laughs> London Grime Rap. Uh, Revealing far too much about my musical tastes or <laughs> lack thereof. Right. Next scene, Next bit I've written down here is... Uh, Heath Ledger is he a mega badass or is he a tryhard is he trying too hard to be a mega no, badass I think he's a mega badass because there's the scene where he's like he's siphoning the diesel out to steal to put out his motor and he's smoking next to you and you're just that's just dickish man <laughs> it's don't just be dangerous a, you can, exactly you can look like a mega badass but you don't need to put yourself in danger or anybody else not to mention he's stealing out an ambulance and I get it that's just a joke yeah. but because we have a little explicit sign next to his in iTunes that is our attempt to protect the kids Show some safety. Don't smoke near fuel pumps. Nah, don't smoke near fuel pumps, aye. Don't summon devils. Unless you really have to. Summon good ones. No, I would actually... I would suggest that you do summon a devil because I'm quite sceptical and I'd like to see if that actually is a real thing or not. So try it and let us know. <laughs> you go on. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us. <laughs> uh, 
I like it. It's great because I've been uh, researching a lot of conspiracies and whatnot. They mentioned the Illuminati in this movie. Uh, just quickly, uh, they talked about fluoride in the water, and that was like that's an Illuminati thing. I've been doing that. <laughs> First Scottish conspiracy corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some quite uh, once this movie like properly kicks in and mm-hmm. they're having to go kill all, kill all the possessed folk. The uh, the kills are brutal and brilliant. It just for a, such a low budget film, I think the gore. It's tremendous. Yeah. I've seen way worse gore in Hollywood. Major, major motion pictures. Yeah, it's just, just, just don't get it right. It just, they, there was some inventive uh, kill, well... And it's not CGI, well. it's all practical, yeah. it's all the good the, um, Did you see when the, uh, I think, is it, do they have a paintball gun? They try to shoot them with a paintball gun and they take the Dungeons and Dragons dice in it and put it in and they shoot them with the uh, Dungeons and Dragons dice. That I've got a paintball gun and that would not work. Yeah, well, that's that is a gun at, that my dad shot. That's, <laughs> that's you looking at the uh, logistics. I like looking at logistics, especially when it comes to my paintball. Then, <laughs> and then uh, they obviously, so it, but it doesn't work anyway because it just like kind of embeds in his skull, and she comes behind him and spots his head up with an axe. Now, the, the, what I need to ask again is, she's supposed to be like the goody goody lassie who doesn't even know what metal music is. I suppose she does listen to it at this point and get a taste for it. So, and it's supposed to like kind of overcome her like straight away as if she's got she just like finds herself or something. That's like the idea. It gives is she not like she totally having an orgasm in the street? Well, that's that's the kind of way that uh, they that's what's implied. It. That's what's implied. But she just comes in and just splits some guy's head in half with an axe, just like that. She just becomes this badass killer just straight away. Listen, you don't even see her transition. She just turns up and saves the two two Dungeons and Dragons guys. If you listen to media, that's what you do. You listen to metal, go out, kill them. Well, that's true. That's Axe what, and that folk. is what they do. Um, I like the good sign when they uh, when they try to figure out when they, the boys tell them how to solve the uh, the problem with the demons, and he tells them to do it at a certain time. And he's like, like, do demons recognise daylight savings time? It's, it's, <laughs> quite, it's quite stupid and clever. It's like, oh, it's three in the morning. They're like, what three? Aye, East, East, East coast or <laughs> west coast? Um, right, I've got at the bottom here, right. As you say, the aunt and uncle, we obviously find out that they're into kinky sex and they, they bust at the room and there's all They find a box that says and... church stuff yeah. and inside it is like big black mamba dildos, <laughs> two-headed dildos, rampant rabbits, and everything. fashion some sort of weapons and go out and start barting about the, his aunt and uncle with these... They use the these... anal beads like nunchucks. That's actually, yeah. <laughs> but I've written here, like, fighting the demons with the sex toys, I thought that was akin to Shaun of the Dead. You know how when they're at the back and they're just throwing toasters and cr- random crap uh... at them? I thought that was that was kind of similar to that. The editing was a lot like showing they did. Well, there's a lot of noise in the head too as well. It would cut to like the writing on the paper or like Aye, the band a couple of fast scenes yeah. to, to pass through, yeah. Um, and I thought that was also uh, so that was a kind of uh, showing the dead in that. But I also thought the the gore and the way she can bounce in with the axe reminded me of kind of Evil Dead as well. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, more so Evil Dead too. Yeah, where yeah. it's like. It's done for comedic effect. I, I can't just want there's the one. I can think that they just remade Evil Dead Two as a better version of Evil Dead One, isn't it? Yeah, cause they didn't try and be scary; they tried to be funny. And then did you get the? It was almost like a Simpsons reference when he killed his cousin. The cousin walks in and he just uh, he shoots him, and he says, "What? He was all right." He's like, "No, no, he was a zombie." <laughs> He's like, "No, no, he was all right. No, no, no. Did you not see him? He was like, ah, he was a zombie." <laughs> and it was like, no, when he's like, uh, you just shot the zombie Flanders. <laughs> he was a zombie. It's like the same, it's reversed, but it's the same, it's the same idea. That's two, every episode that is also the Simpsons reference. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever make links here. Yeah. Uh, right, so to save the day, 
They speak to the, the some sort of psychic woman that's introduced like to begin at the start of the movie, and um, they have to, and she tells them to go and. Uh, She's a record shop owner's wife, girlfriend or wife, yeah. Um, and she tells them she needs they need to play the tune for the book backwards and do it or do it before a certain time or whatever. But they they have the pages are strewn across town, and they need to go and find them and get them back. How the fuck do they find these pages? They're finding just one bit of page from like a, an old stinking old book, like underneath. Maybe it holds some power and they feel it. It's like a magnetic. They're drawn to the power. No, I'm not I'm buying just, it. It's just, it's just for ease. That's just, the bit you're not buying. They're just uh, the eye. The woman gets impaled in a dildo. Yeah. Through her ear. Stabbed in the ears with the dildos. <laughs> that's then that's it. And that's the bit you're, you're not find. buying. Well, how? Because that that how do you think you've been forced? You could probably enter a dildo into an ear. I'd say we try it. First <laughs> first episode of Scott versus Liam. You try ram it in your ear and we we'll decide if it works. I couldn't I couldn't force it into my own ear. I'll force it into your ear. Mm. But I just don't get how they find the pages so quick. I jumped off that one off it quicker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got apparently it's a rumour and I'd love to find out if it was true that if you mute Deathgasm no wait, sorry. If you play a muted deathgasm and play Iron Maiden's li- Live After Death simultaneously, it syncs up perfectly due to precise editing. But the filmmakers are yet to comment. I don't really like Iron Maiden, but mm. that'd be quite cool if they'd actually went to that effort, which I very much doubt. So, uh, like if you play so them, is it just like just like the cuts change as the, as the music changes? I think so. That would kind of be alright, but at the same time it would be kind of... Pointless. Pointless. <laughs> mm. But it's like, it's like all those things where if you play... Like the Wizard of Oz backwards, yeah. you hear the devil telling you that he loves you. Yeah, midgets in the in the middle of the cast. Well, well put midgets in drop houses on witches. Yeah, I don't know if I would have to be committed enough to watch the movie with an Iron Maiden album playing in the background. Yeah, I just don't think I'd be committed enough to listen to an Iron Maiden album. And also, did you see the extra scene at the end of the credits? Like yeah. the little kind of well, the what happens at the end of the movie is Heath Ledger's character actually becomes the demon or the demon possesses him and then after a big fight the demon dies but Milo our main guy uh, sets his record player up and he starts hearing Heath Ledger coming through not Heath Ledger the Heath Ledger character coming through his turntable and speaking to him again like playing the thing backwards and it's quite a good wee scene I like how it's hidden and then yeah, it's like after the credits, isn't it? Yeah, and it, and it sets up obviously the idea that well, it leaves it open to potentially a sequel, but it also leaves it a good ending because it's just a fun ending to the movie. But yeah, that they're friends again yeah. through the record. Um, come through the record. There has been talk online that I've seen that there is a sequel coming. It's been given the go ahead, uh, and it's going to happen, which hopefully will be amazing. Will be good. Now, I have an idea for the sequel. If you haven't, so if it's the same writer. Uh, who wrote it again? Uh, Jason, Jason Lee Howden. Howden. If you are the going to be writing this second movie and you don't have an idea yet, let me uh, tell you what you should do. And this is based on something you've used in your movie. Uh, the Heath Ledger character at some point calls uh, the Milo character uh, a cocktopus, <laughs> and I think that is exactly where you should go with it. Uh, you know, like uh, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Demon Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Right. Yeah. That, that kind of demon like that only instead of tentacles he's got cocks for, for <laughs> tentacles and then yeah, and then that's the thing and I've drew a wee picture there of how the octopus so have. with uh, cocks for tentacles look how happy he is <laughs> do you know how 
How many tentacles does an octopus have? One, two, three, four. He's actually, no, because apparently it's only four of them are legs and four of them are arms. I heard this once before. Right. You've drew an octopus with six tentacles. Like, is two of them at the back? Or, sorry, cocktails. <laughs> two of his cocktails at the back. I really like your drone, but the logistics of the drone are wrong. <laughs> it's 3D. <laughs> I, I think you should think about it, because I think that is the sequel there. Deathgasm 2, Attack of the Cocktopus. Which I actually like better than the working title, which is Deathgasm Part 2, Gormageddon. <laughs> that's it's quite good that's but right. I think you've you've hit out the park with yeah. octopus a six tentacled octopus it's two tentacles at the back because you could then open up for mega shark versus giant octopus oh the possibilities are endless yeah it's a franchise right there in fact I want to copyright it right now just in case you are so if you are going to use that uh, Jason uh, be in touch with me and my legal team we could actually just do it as it we should start a kickstarter the octopus we might do that yeah the octopus if you'd be interested in us making a movie called Cocktopus... Get in touch. Yeah, let us know. You it can does. be in it. Yeah. You can be one of the cocks. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it. Oh. Like eight different people as cocks, just like... And every cock's got like a... The head of the cock's like a, a head of a person. <laughs> no? That's too much. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. Let's wrap this movie up before we're running really out of time. Weird. I'm uh, giving this movie... Uh, we're going to start rating out of ten, and I'm going to give this movie... Uh, I really like it, but I, I know there's room for improvement. Now we're on ten... I'm going to say 8. I'm going to give it 8 penis guitars out of uh, 10. Uh, it's hard now. Try to think of out of 10. It's tough, isn't it? Uh, I might go 8 as well. Yeah. There's always room for, for improvement. For a, a shut-your-mind-off movie that's fun, it's a 10. Yeah. It's brilliant. But overall, if you do look at everything, yeah, I'm going to keep a 10 for something that's like makes me cry. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So, 8. But... Definitely watch so it. I definitely Buy recommend it. it. Absolutely brilliant. Thoroughly recommend it. So sweet. Brilliant. Next film is Coherence. I hope Bef- you're sitting down for this one. Before we start talking about this, if you don't like spoilers, uh, what we'll do is we'll read the synopsis, let you know a bit about it, and then if you want to go watch it, turn this podcast off. Go watch it and then come back because we will give spoilers and this is a film that you don't really want to be spoiled. It's a thinker and yeah, you should definitely go watch it before listening to the rest of this. But do you give a synopsis, Scott? Have you got it? Um, or, uh, do you want me to do it? If you've got one printed out, you'd read it out. Uh, eight friends at a dinner party experience a troubling chain of events due to the malevolent influence of a passing comet. Okay, that gives you no indication what the movie's like it stars Nicholas Brendan from Buffy Xander Harris yes. uh, a few other people I don't <laughs> think anybody else is pretending uh, except Annie Lennox who uh, is in this movie <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually Annie Lennox it's just a, a girl with a really short bleach blonde hair uh, so it's yeah it's a real thinker it's like well it starts off quite good it starts off like just as a basic kind of drama doesn't it it starts off with them getting ready for this dinner party when uh, they're all kind of getting together there's a couple of them that's there yeah, three uh, couples it starts in uh, Xander's house where he has his wife and they're hosting the dinner party and uh, I think there's another two couples already and Annie Lennox and they are waiting <laughs> on uh, Annie Lennox's w- uh, husband and then uh, another the last couple to arrive Um they start talking about how this girl Laurie is going to be. This their friend Amir is invited Laurie, who turns out to be our kind of main character that we follow, a blonde girl. I forget. I should have written down her name. I forget her name. Um, Emily. Fo- Emily. So we kind of really follow Emily through this movie. So her boyfriend used to go out with Laurie, and their friend 
Amir has invited Laurie to the party. What a bastard. I've written down here, Amir is a dick. <laughs> um, now, I wrote, I wrote these notes in the the dark, uh, but it looks like cause it's, it's, uh, just it's totally... Just that octopus It's in the just dark. like... Yeah, well, no, that octopus was good. Um, <laughs> basically, there's a there's a there's a line in it when um, they're trying to explain like what happened to the comet before. You know, when they're given the uh, story of the comet before, like when they said uh, they gave a story about in Finland in 1932 when the comet travelled overhead before that um, people went crazy and they forgot who they were, and then this woman phoned the police and said, "I've killed my husband. You need to come and and uh, help me." And then the police turned up and her husband was in the house, and she said, "That's not my husband." And they said, well, we can't arrest you for killing somebody who's alive. And she says, no, but I have killed him. So then the husband was there, and you're like, okay, fair enough. And as the movie progresses, and then it shows you how crazy this movie goes, you you realise what how crazy this story is at the beginning. And I looked it up, I googled it to see if it was true, and it is not true in the slightest. It's completely no. fabricated for this movie. Um, so the Iron Lennox's husband is trying to... Uh, give a little gravity to the situation and see how serious it is because his brother uh, knows more about his comment and has warned him that if anything weird happens he should be in touch but he sees a sentence called he sees a sentence that goes along the lines of this yeah he hangs out with all these theoretical physicists wait what doing the theoretical <laughs> physicist bar is he, a, is he a scientist how do you just hang around with theoretical physicists is it the Jani in the, in the university they work in or what had, like, maybe, maybe he is also a theoretical physicist then he then he then you could say, well, you know how my brother's a theoretical physicist. Yeah. That would be an easier line, a more sensible line, than just, uh, you know, my brother hangs about with theoretical physicists. Oh, does he? That's good. Maybe he's just a creep that just goes <laughs> down. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to believe... Um, if, you, if you say to me, yeah, I hang about with, um, you know... Uh, uh, these these theoretical physicist meetings are good and all, but I really wish Trevor would stop coming. Trevor, what do you do? I'm a janitor. Honestly, mate, <laughs> yeah. why, why are you these I know, I know. <laughs> Fucking Trevor. Fucking dick. Um, <laughs> is the guy's name even Trevor? No, we don't get to know his name. That could be another movie. Trevor the Janitor who just attends physics meetings. Well, is that no... What, is that movie? Is that no Good Will Hunting? Ah, oh, shit. He, he turns up and solves all the math problems. This is maybe how that was invented. <laughs> uh, I've written down here that uh, Xander is a... Is is exactly the same actor as he was in Buffy, only ten times better. Does that that's not that doesn't make sense, does it? I, no, I if don't, he's exactly the same, he's not better. No, and I don't think he can be better. Xander Harris was a brilliant character. I watched I watched Buffy um, the other day. It was on the it was on the telly. It was on Sci Fi Channel through the day, and it was on in the background. And I made a comment that might not be favourable. If a lot you of say anything bad about Buffy, I'll punch you in the head. I said that. Bar a few episodes, Buffy doesn't stand the test of time. Any more of that, you won't stand the test of time. <laughs> I thought, but I thought uh, I shake my fist at you. I thought uh, <laughs> I thought Xander's acting in this movie was so natural and so believable. I just he I basically played himself. He did die. Um, did you know that uh, he has got a twin brother? Yeah, called Kelly. I didn't know his name was Kelly. Yep, and he's actually in this movie. As the doppelganger. Yeah, clearly. Right, so what happens in this movie is the comet comes over, they then, the kind of power goes out. Power goes out. The house at the end of the street is, stopped the power. The house at the end of the street is lit up. They go out to see it. Uh, and I think I actually when, can't when, when they're out, of the, when they, they go out, the, the two of them go out to see it to try and get a phone at this other house, um, somebody comes and bangs on the window. 
are on the door they've got a door in nowhere they've got a door that's like a patio door that they never use and then somebody comes and bangs on that mm-hmm. and then they get all got a fright and then the two guys come back in and then uh, then they decide to go back out again they don't really say what they seen in this house they just said it was weird they bring in the box yeah they bring in a box that's full of a picture of each of the people and uh, with a number written in the back it's a, a in the box and a ping pong paddle and several photos and the group's alarmed to find that each photo has one of them in it and a number on the back so that's when shit hits the fan and, and you're like what is going on and then they now how, how quickly does it go messed up for you is then they decide to go back out again and he was going to write a note on the door yeah they write, Mike, Laurie, Emily and Kevin decide to go to the other house too uh, and they pass through an area darker than the rest of the neighbourhood I'm just reading the plot yeah. because it makes more sense to, 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 to get it. that out and then try and uh, discuss Mike it. realises that the other house is exactly like his and peeks inside when they forehead back to their house they see alternate versions of themselves both groups flee to their respective houses back at the house Beth retrieves a book written by her brother-in-law and reads notes about the many world the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics the group surmises that it's discovered two different realities likely to collapse into one single reality once the comet passes like Schrodinger's cat which I know from the Big Bang Theory is that if you put a cat in a box with a vial of poison and it's like a little knocker thing that can break the vial when, and the box is shut there's two realities yeah, the cat is a, alive exist, yeah. or dead or dead but until you open the box these two realities exist and that's what this movie is like that whatever the comet's done there's two realities existing there's two versions of each of them living a slightly different life and it just it's a mindfuck from there as you can tell by the fact that we're reading the plot and still not quite getting it <laughs> So yeah, then Hugh and Amir come back and reveal that they've actually spent some time in the other house, thinking it was the house, their, their own reality, but it wasn't. And then they do a few things and work out that some of them aren't from that house, and it's actually, there's like five or six different houses, and it's like they're coming in and out. Each time they go out they're into a brand new one from the last time they went into they come back there's even further new one so Emily seems to be the one that is in the reality at we first follow. but everyone else keeps kind of coming in and out so you don't know who are the real ones yeah. or if it's just all doppelgangers yeah because she figures out that the numbers in the back of uh, the, the numbers in the back of the pictures what they can what they they, re- they relate to I mean they write them all down they then ask what, whose number was which and the people in the house have always got different numbers from what's written in the back of their photos so it makes them realise that there's like three different realities of people who are sitting yeah. someday one person from the house that we originally started watching and then two groups from two different houses I think it it's every time you go through the dark area it's it different splits. entering a different reality because this, this screen cuts fades to black at times I think that's like when it starts yeah it's maybe a show that somebody's now in the wrong reality ah right yeah possibly I, I've written a, a bunch of different things down uh, for it like just as the movie was going through and I wrote down like like um, bring your glow sticks so we can identify your bodies is like a joke they make at the very start when they go mm-hmm. but it's kind of foreshadowing because then the glow sticks change colour as you go on so that wouldn't identify your body so by saying that to begin with before we even realise that they're switching realities they're like saying a joke, I'll oh, take your glow stick so we can identify your body. 
actually makes sense because when the boys come back in we see that they've all got blue glow sticks and then these two boys come in and they've got red they've glow got sticks red in their pockets so that we, and the blue boxes are open so that we identify that they are different people um, did you notice the the Annie Lennox character at one point her wedding ring is on her right hand no because I noticed it and I thought it must be on purpose as if that's like maybe this slight change yeah. in the reality or wedding rings and it, it's like she picks up something from the table and it kind of zooms in on her hand and it's her wedding ring and it's on her right hand so I thought oh that's kind of weird yeah but so that's they, just they, that's they not a reality that's so much different that you actually wear your wedding ring in the right hand mm-hmm. or that she's felt like her husband since she's moved it in that reality or what or is that a, just a continuity error or is it, it probably it must be done deliberately because the movie's very yes. clever yeah um, so you know how when they go out so uh, Amir and Hugh uh, sorry Hugh's uh, Annalise's husband are written it down later on Amir and Hugh uh, are the very first time they go out to the house the very first time they go and look in the windows they come back that's a different yeah, Amir and Hugh different. straight away um, then he says he's going to leave a note in the door to say can I use your phone uh, why would you leave a note in the door they're all adults see this point just now before they even figure it out and work it out even if even the original Amir and Hugh who come back they don't even realise they've switched realities. They've come back into a house that Amir and Hugh aren't in. So they're essentially, as far as they're concerned, they're walking back yeah. into their own house. So why would you then write a note to say... Um, it can be Why would you phone. just come up to the door and chap it and go in? Uh, they're treating it... I've wrote in here, they're treating it like Wayne's. They're sneaking up a wee bit more. You look in the windows and then they're running away. They're all adults. They just go in until they see the duplicates of themselves. But I have wrote there that... Um, I have wrote down somewhere... God, what page... Where is it? I've page on... The um the people inclusive to the house they just take it for granted that what the others who have went out say they seen yeah so when me and you do come back in and they say oh no I, I I seen they don't even tell you to begin with what they seen but they just the people in the house just take it for granted and then that's when they start all sneaking up a wee bit and running away whereas if I think if it was a serious situation and we were in here for say and you came in and said something to me or I had to go to my neighbour's house I would just go over and chat the door and wait for somebody to come to the door and then just say what the hell is going on here uh, but they do make it so the movie kind of goes along um, on that panel that it's, it's obviously builds up the tension as it, as it goes on um, you know how um, so after I've, after they've, you've worked with this this realities with the cat in the box thing um, and they say that uh, the book that she gets off the brother-in-law that's in the car uh-huh. They then say, oh, wait a minute, you seen through the window and uh, Annie Lennox was was there. Uh, Annie Lennox, in our reality, gets the book out of the car, but in the other house... Oh, when she was sleeping? Look, she's sleeping, or vice versa. Annie yeah, Lennox yeah. is sleeping in our reality, but in the other house, she's there walking about the house, and the person who got the book isn't there, they can't see them. So say, so in that reality, they don't have the book, so they don't know this. So they go napping, to steal the book? Napping, going to sleep isn't a constant... That's not because one person is sleeping in your reality does not mean to say that somebody has to be sleeping in the other reality. That's just nonsense to me. Is it? This is where really honestly see if you if when you when you when you break this one down the way that we've done see the first time I watched this when I just came across it on Netflix I thought it was this movie was the absolute business and I loved it. See watching it again for this taking these notes yeah. I'm like there's so many questions and there's so many plot holes. Thing is every time they switch realities and every time it goes a bit further they're inventing new questions with reasoning inside the movie that is enough for you to go along with as you're watching it that you don't really look into it all and question it as you're watching it which is good because then you just enjoy the movie but if you're writing everything down here then, uh, then that's it right so Xander's plan is to go out and uh, what does Xander's plan to do? write down a note and uh, he's going to blackmail himself himself because, because he, he slept he with, slept with Annie, Annie Lennox, Lennox uh, in the past and the her husband doesn't know that this has happened I think it was I don't think 
I don't know if it was an affair. I think it may have just been way before. No, it wasn't an affair. It I was, don't know. Xander, well, yeah. It, it's going to upset the group anyway. So he writes a note to blackmail himself. Uh, because he thinks if the alternate version of himself is drinking, then it could be dangerous. He would come over and kill him. Yeah. So he's trying to blackmail him to keep them safe. But it was also his note not to try and so they don't get the book, so they don't look at the book. But I'm like, his plan is rubbish. A better plan would be just to steal the book and then they would never get it. But they did then. Because the car gets broken, isn't it? By another reality, that's by like a third a, reality or a fourth I think, reality. I think, there's, I think there's five or six. Is he stealing? Because the car keys would be the same, would they not? In this alternate reality, car keys would be the same. Why, would, why the hell would the car keys be different? My yeah. car keys in alternate reality would open my alternate reality car, No. I don't know. I think so. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not Trevor. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> you don't, know. You don't hang around with theoretical physicists. I mean, Maybe you should start hanging out with theoretical physicists and find this shit out. What do you think? Uh, see, the end. What do you think happens? What's your interpretation of the ending? Fuck, what is the ending again? Does somebody not run in? Emily. She kills herself. She kills an alternate version of herself. I've got quite a good... I think I know what it is. Right. But, obviously, I could be wrong if... You've watched it and you think I'm a mile out yeah. and let us know. What I think okay. is Emily, at the very start, she's with, uh, is it Kevin, our boyfriend? Yeah. And he wants her to leave with him. Uh, he's got a job somewhere else. Oh, yeah, she yeah, says she, she can't decide and he yeah. says, you need to decide now. And she says she can't. I think when it all starts hitting the fan, she keeps looking really unhappy. Mm-hmm. And... Then eventually she goes out the house and she's going to each of the house so she's looking in and she sees all these versions of themselves still fighting and she goes to our house and Kevin is with the old girlfriend and she keeps walking she goes to the next house and eventually finds a reality where she, her and Kevin are loved up on the couch the whole people everyone's fine as if they've not realised what's happening so I think she's just then like, right, that's the reality I want she to be, be in. So once this comet passes, I want to be in that reality, which is why she lures the version of herself out, tries to kill her. Eventually she crawls back and she, she does kill her. And then she wakes up, she passes out. They go to help her, she wakes up. And then Kevin speaks to her, oh, you passed out last night. She realises she's the only one there, so this is now the current reality mm-hmm. and then Kevin gets a phone call which is obviously from the other Emily before she managed to kill her saying well I think it's saying by the way that's not me mm. that's an alternate Emily and then movie cuts yeah. so I think that's what she's tried to get into this she wanted she wanted that reality because it's more it's the happy and yeah. she goes away with Kevin and then he gets a phone call and he just looks at her and it ends. Mm. And I think it's That's her. why I wrote here end scene tick tick. I think must it's enjoy her scene. Saying, that's, that's what did happen. Saying, oh, by the way, she's she's not me. So now she's living in a reality where Kevin knows she's not her, his reality's yeah. Emily. Yeah, it's interesting. That's oh, such a fucking it's, mind fuck. It's, uh, you, you couldn't watch it steaming or high. Or you could watch it both those things, but it'd fucking <laughs> well. mess you up. Not that we recommend getting high either. Not that we do also uh, get high. You, you I don't even know what high yourself, like. Um, this movie is. I really liked it, and it was one of those ones again because I found it on Netflix. Found it on my own. 
No, that you know, it's like I came across it myself. You know, I mean, you feel Didn't a, more, a care. You do. You feel. Yeah. You, you feel a bit of special affinity about things that you come across. And you know, you know, you could discover a new band without, you know, the charts telling yeah, you it's yeah. good. You know, if you come across something you really like on your own without somebody else telling you it's good, whether it be a, a review, an article, or or anything else, you do feel a bit of special affinity to it. And I did come across this one. Well, Netflix told me it was good, but um, I really liked it. I thought it was kind. I didn't give it a rating, but it's quite confusing. And uh, now that we're at 10, I'm going to go a 7 because that's still pretty high and I really did like it. But you do need to kind of... Well, you don't need to pay attention to it once you've seen it before, but it, 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 there's, a, there's a lot of questions and yeah. a lot of plot holes and a lot of things you can't answer because alternate realities and that don't exist that I know of. It's directed by James Ward Burkett, uh, who also wrote Wrangle, which is a completely different film. The anime, do you think, yeah. was Johnny Depp? Really? Yeah. That's what he wrote. Well, yeah, he films this in his house <coughs> over like six days. The full that was film. his house. Yeah, I know. It looks like it could be. Well, that's the kind of thing that shows that you can make movies yeah. easier. Yeah. Easier. Good story. Cockpit. But you need some special yeah. effects for that. I would. Ah, uh, I. I'd give it. I don't like six or seven. I was. I'll go six. Ah, just copy me. It's that, all right. I know that. I, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I'll, I'll go six. I did enjoy it. It's well worth a watch, because it's such. I mean, hopefully by this point you've went and watched it anyway because otherwise you've just ruined the full movie for you. Yeah, I'd say a six. Strong movie. I'd rewatch it again just to follow Emily. See if you can... And I think, uh, yeah, see if you can follow a path. See if there's even a... If there's a clever path through the movie now that you know what happens in it. Yeah, you can see it. So I would watch it again. It's worth it. It was good. Again, you said there was plot holes. Mm -hmm. There were, but... Yeah, six. Nah. And it's still, it's good. Anything above five that is still strong. Enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely recommend it. Go and see it yeah. or watch it. It's still on UK Netflix just now. Uh, I don't know about US Netflix. I don't know about DVD distribution. Uh, but look it up. We actually it. have one listener in Switzerland. I don't know what Netflix no idea. you have. So <laughs> just try. Just see if it's there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's Coherence. Next week's episode will be on... Uh, Bad Milo and a old cult classic uh, called Chopping Mall. Oh, yes, <laughs> I can't wait for that. Uh, but now it's time for Scott's Conspiracy Corner. You might remember last uh, episode when I was uh, from the Conspiracy Corner, but I said I was going to talk about the the real Men in Black. Well, I started digging that hole, and that hole is deep. Uh, so I'm going to hold off for a couple of weeks before I actually delve into that because there's a lot of ground to cover. You've actually bought a textbook on I've it. bought books, yeah. I'm, I'm proper... Re- hey, dude, I'm not half-assing this stuff. I'm going to really give you all the facts. Uh, but so for tonight's episode, I'm going to go uh, on to the Killer Clowns. Now... Just before you do this, I fucking hate clowns. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't oh, everyone. I hate Scott's Conspiracy uh, Corner. <laughs> did you grow up in Lanarkshire? Or Glasgow, then you probably know this story. Uh, did, did you do you have a story of the Killer Clowns? Did it happen in Hamilton? I don't really? think so. You don't. Oh, well, it did happen in Hamilton. It happened, and basically, what it was just in Hamilton. No, <laughs> the, the version of the story that in Hamilton was that uh, the the Killer Clowns um, they lived up the woods behind Hamilton. You could see the kind of the tree uh, clearings, the things that are up the back. You could see it from the village. 
and uh, they would drive around in a blue transit van with glittery windows and I believe there was an extension of the story that had them have Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse painted on the side. Is this what you spoke about last week? I touched I on it, I thought you were yeah. kidding on. No, that's, just, no, that's true. And basically what they would do is they would uh, they would lure kids into the back of the van and give them a Chelsea smile. And they, they would, if those don't know who that is, they would razor the sides of your your um, your face and uh, so you'd be left with a big scar that'd be like a permanent smile kind of like the Joker's like scars they make you laugh and it rips it open well our version of the story was they would cut you and uh, make you eat salt and vinegar crisps and the salt and the vinegar would make you scream because of the pain and it would rip all your skin open and leave you with horror- horrific scars oh, oh, there's no way this is true there is uh, I'd done some research to find out if this was true and there is quite a lot of uh, blog posts on the internet about this 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 legend is there anyone in Allen with a Chelsea smile that they got from eating salt and vinegar crisps well, in the back of an ice cream transit? I don't know well there was a guy in Allen that had no chin but I think he, <laughs> he, he lost that in the war though I think <laughs> the war the war with the clowns or the actual war <laughs> the actual war <laughs> uh, but basically um, they certainly haunted my dreams and my reality and uh, the story goes that the guys, well, some stories, this this isn't the story I had, but a story that I found online was that um, they were escaped uh, psychopaths from Custer State Hospital. Now, um, I know now in my capacity and my job that that's uh, not the case at all. Um, also, in my capacity as a normal functioning human being, that this is not the case. Um, so that's the story. As For kids, that's probably a plausible story. There was an escaped um, patient from a, a mental hospital um, who were hell-bent on disfiguring and murdering children in the area. The uh, they've said that people remember in assemblies like the the teachers telling the kids to go home straight after school and if you see a royal blue transit van you have to run. The kids, this, these stories will grow arms and legs. Now if they if they start if the teachers starting to think that the kids are scared of something or if there's any truth in potentially somebody stalking kids in a in a Maybe there was car, just generally the teachers just would just say, you know, like stay away from this van, uh, get away from it. But um, they would be hard to find. They would say, what they say to A shiny blue van driving about with guys dressed as clowns. Well, that's where your adult brain would say that this... Uh, is bullshit. Is bullshit. Well, but Ian, let me, let me get to that point. Are the, poli- are the police that bad that a shiny blue transit driven by clowns... It <laughs> goes <laughs> unnoticed. Have a good day. Have a good day. <laughs> How do you find these guys? But this was in the early 90s. They didn't have... Um, find my iPhone. They didn't have <laughs> common sense. <laughs> CCTV. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, so what they would do is they they would kidnap you and hold you down and uh, and use it like a saw to saw your saw your in your mouth they saw your cheeks open that was one um, one story is how how crazy <laughs> I mean, oh, no, just give it a little chill yeah smile. no it was pretty brutal man um, it's pretty made up so when I done my research um f- from from these uh these killer clowns who uh who were kidnapping kids and torturing them with who weren't the killing kids or torturing them. It didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you have to have a look and see if it's actually... There's a lot of different stories online about uh, killer clowns. And there's a lot for uh, Glasgow and North Lanarkshire. Um, well, you were South Lanarkshire. They didn't, they didn't venture to South Lanarkshire. Oh, but I lived in Airdrie, so I was North Lanarkshire. Ah. And they never came I made an ice cream man. I'd rent videos <laughs> from it. <laughs> Nogging my face so, didn't I? There was a... So, but if you think about when um, Stephen King's uh, It was was released, uh-huh. you know, in that kind of decade as such, um, and there was, you know, there was, being from where I was from, Custer's was pretty close to the state mental hospital, uh, forensic mental hospital. We also had Hartwood Hospital, which was just for 
general mental yeah. health patients uh, and in, an inpatient facility. Uh, and that was, growing up, he had all manner of uh, un-PC, names of calling it, loony bin, you know, whatever else. It, was, it used to be an air raid siren that would go off yeah. and you'd think that somebody had escaped and was coming to attack you. So there's always there's these ridiculous stories for kids. And it passes down between people's brothers and, you know, cousins and sisters will tell yeah. the story to scare, scare the younger generation. And it just grows arms and legs. Um, but when I looked online, it seemed to be the whole this whole area of Glasgow and the West that had that had um, has people having memories of this story, and that's just what it is. Because it came out blog posts of people remembering the story and giving their variations, and they're all kind of the same. Blue transit van, glittery windows, some having the cartoon characters on the side, Chelsea smile, and uh, somebody's also said that uh, they had flowers that squirted acid, and had uh, toffee apples filled with glass. That is so um, shit. <laughs> so doing uh, some doing the research to find out if this is real or false, I am going to say that this one is false. Yeah. Next week he go talk about when Shawshank Redemption came out and some guy went blackface. Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins <laughs> drove him out. <laughs> no, <laughs> just drove him out in a van. No, the, this, this, is a real, this isn't even just this. This was a real story that I had grown up. I, I would experience the fear of believing that these were real when I was younger. Uh, no, next week uh, we're going to be telling you something delightful about cattle mutilations. Which is it, it going to be? Is it going to be true or a hundred percent bullshit? Well, like that's you'll one? need to tune in to find out. Is that a photo on that research page? Yeah, it's a blue transit van. Just a blue transit van. Yeah, or well, it's black and white because it's. So they never actually found these clowns? No. <laughs> these clowns? <laughs> these clowns <laughs> that, that, that Who is this clown? Because <laughs> A implies that you're a clown and B implies that you're the lesser of the yeah. clowns. <laughs> One uh, of the lesser known ones. Uh, no, it's just a picture of a blue transit van. It's a reference picture, just in case you didn't know what it's a blue It's also black is. and white. It's how, black and white. How do you know it's blue? Well, you just need to... Uh, this, this, I bet That's probably where I just stopped researching that. Well, like I say, it's only blog posts and it's just people's memories. Are you sure so it's not like a creepypasta thing? Debunked. Uh, I don't like past. Keep past it didn't exist uh, back in the nineteen ninety ones. In the nineteen ninety ones. So this uh, is uh, the internet didn't really exist in the nineteen ninety ones. And that's all I have to say about that. Are you from Glasgow or Lancashire? Did you remember a killer clown story when you were growing up? Do you know a single victim or? Do you have a Chelsea sh- smile because you ate salt and vinegar crisps at the hands of? What do you think clowns? of salt and vinegar crisps? Are they your favourite? Do you prefer ready salted? Or are you, what kind of make a crisps do you prefer? Is it a golden wonder or are you a walkers type person? Mm. These are the questions we need answers to. Hit us up on Twitter, at Scott and Liam Versus. Hit us up on Facebook, that's Facebook forward slash Scott and Liam Versus Evil. And email us everything and anything you want us to discuss. Movie suggestions, crazy conspiracy theories, weird stories that you've got. Telling us that we're shite, telling us that we're good. It's Scott and Liam Versus Evil at hotmail.com. And you can now subscribe and listen to us on iTunes. No, please rate, review, and tell everybody we're great. Now go watch Bad Milo and Chopping Mall, so next week's episode, you're ready for us. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>